I wonder if you ever display any of the following symptoms. Irritability. You get frustrated or annoyed way too easily. Hypersensitivity. It just takes a minor comment to hurt your feelings or a grumpy email to set you off or a little turn of events to throw you off emotionally. Maybe restlessness when you just you try to rest, but you just can't relax. Workaholism or non-stop activity. You just can't stop. Emotional numbness. You don't have the capacity to feel somebody else's pain or to be sympathetic towards them. Out-of-order priorities. You feel like your life is reactive, not proactive. You're busier than ever, but you just don't, see, you just don't seem to have the time to get to what really matters to you in your job or your calling or whatever it might be. Lack of care for your body. Another symptom. You don't have time for decent amounts of sleep or healthy food or exercise. Isolation. You feel disconnected, disconnected from other people, disconnected from God, maybe disconnected from your own soul. Now, be honest now. How many of these boxes are you ticking? Or how many did you tick when life was more normal, BC, before COVID? You know, if you've ticked a few of these boxes, either right now or at some point in your life, then you may well be the victim or have been the victim of an illness called hurry sickness. You know, these things are some of the symptoms of that hurry sickness. And I wonder how many of them resonated with you. They certainly resonated with me. And I recognize that different ones of us are having different experiences at, this, at the moment in this season of our lives. Some of us are busier and more hurried than ever, trying to juggle working or studying from home, homeschooling, endless Zoom meetings, whatever it might be. Others of us are in a different season. We are really bored right now. We've been furloughed or sadly made redundant, or perhaps we're retired and we can't see other people, family and friends. We're having to stay at home. We can't get out. We can't enjoy doing those things that we used to do. And so we're just really bored and frustrated right now. Well, you know, whatever our current circumstances, whether we're at like the far extreme of busyness or the far extreme of boredom, all of us will have experienced hurry sickness at one time or another. I absolutely bet on that. And the truth is, most of us will experience it again, even if we're not experiencing it now. Here's some definitions that I came across of hurry sickness. Firstly, a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Or number two, a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. That second one is from a book uh, called, Is Our Quest to Do All and Be All Costing Us Our Health? Hurry Sickness, Is Our Quest to Do All and Be All Costing Us Our Health? Now, honestly, as I read out those two definitions, do any of those resonate with you now or in the past or maybe as you look into the future? You know, often in our culture and our society, slowing down or going more slowly is a negative thing. You know, I wonder if you've ever done this. Sometimes if we're struggling with a movie or a TV program or a TV box set, we'll say, oh, I'm really struggling with this. What we say, it's a bit slow. It's a bit slow. Or worse, and really not very nicely, when we think someone isn't very clever, we'll describe them as being a bit slow sometimes, which is a horrible thing to say, by the way. But in either of those instances, slow equals something negative. The implication is that going faster is better. So we live our lives faster and busier than ever before. And yet as a culture and as a society, 
We're often unhappier than we've ever been, and many are struggling with mental health. Where did all our time go? What are we doing with all the extra time that the amazing inventions and technology all around us create for us? You know, I used to work for a company called General Electric. They are one of the world's biggest corporations, and they were founded by Thomas Edison, he of inventing the light bulb fame. In 1879, Edison invented the light bulb, which made it possible for people to do much more after the sun had set than they were ever able to do before. Before Edison, the average person slept for 11 hours a night. Now in the Western world, we're down to an average of seven and a half. That's two and a half hours sleep less in just over a century. It seems that the more time we have, the more we try to cram in and the busier we get. And we are less rested and more hurried. And the big problem with all of that hurry is that very little that is good happens in a hurry. Think about this. Very little that is good happens in a hurry. Hurry and love are incompatible. You can't love someone in a hurry. You can't build great relationships in a hurry. It takes time and quality time at that. You can't find peace in your soul in a hurry. I thought it was really telling in that interview we just had with, with Eric that, that the time where he wrote those devotions was a time when he was suffering from COVID. He was ill, so he couldn't do anything. So he had time. You can't find peace in your soul in a hurry. And you can't connect with God if you're always in a rush. Now, the solution to hurry sickness, whether we're experiencing now, it now or whether we will experience it in the future, the solution isn't more time and it isn't doing more things more efficiently. I mean, we've tried that, haven't we? We've tried that to death, actually. The answer isn't more time and usually the answer isn't some new diary management solution or scheduling scheme, although they can be useful. In the next few minutes and indeed throughout this series, we're going to talk about the solution the answer to hurry sickness and the way to establish a healthier life. And that's why I'm so excited for this series, because I need it. I reckon you need it. And if you don't need it now, you'll definitely need it in the future. I reckon we all need this. And I reckon God has something really important to say to all of us. So if you're one of those people who are suffering from hurry sickness right now, well, lean in, take notes this could be a lifesaver. And if you're bored right now, frustrated with lockdown, with not enough to do, then listen in because you can start building this solution into your life now and that will lay a great foundation for the future when things get busier again. And actually, by the way, I think it's a great solution to sustain us in the times where we are feeling bored and frustrated. When you're trying to find the answer to some sort of problem, what do you do? When you're trying to work out how to fix or mend something, or when you're not feeling great and you want to know what's wrong with you, what do you do? Well, I'm betting that you ask someone. It might be a person, it might be a friend, it might be a doctor at a doctor's appointment, it might be Alexa or Google, it might be YouTube. Honestly, how many times have you gone to YouTube and watched a YouTube video that shows you how to do something you couldn't do? Or maybe you find someone who's experienced in the thing that you want to learn or do better. You know, when I first became a parent and, and I was terrified and thought, what kind of parent am I going to make? How can I be the best kind of parent I can be? You know what I did? I went and looked at the people who I thought were doing a great job parenting. And I watched 
what they did, and I tried to learn from what they were doing. When I, I started wanting to, to climb up some high mountains in the Lake District, what did I do before I went? I went to YouTube, and I found those mountains, and I found people who would video themselves climbing up those mountains, and I watched to see what they did and the routes that they took, and I used those. Essentially, when we're doing that, we're finding someone to follow. We become their apprentice, even if just for a moment. That's often how we learn. Who do you learn from when it comes to doing life in a way that is healthy? Who do you learn from when you want to figure out how to avoid hurry sickness or to build healthy, enriching patterns into your life? Who or what are you going to trust to teach you that? Who are you apprenticing to learn how to be healthy emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and how's that going? Now, I want to suggest that Jesus is a great person to learn from, to follow, to be an apprentice to. And I think there are loads of great reasons that Jesus is the best person to follow for a healthy life. But here are just two, the two which I think are most pertinent to our conversation today. Why is Jesus a great person to apprentice from when it comes to building a healthy life? Well, firstly, Jesus was busy. He attracted crowds of people. There were constant demands on his time. Everyone wanted a piece of him. He knew what it was to be busy and to have competing demands on his time. Secondly, the second reason why Jesus is a great person to follow, to learn from, to be an apprentice to, to building a healthier life, is because he has an offer. And here's his offer recorded for us by one of his first followers, a guy called Matthew, who wrote an account of Jesus' life, which is in the New Testament part of the Bible. And by the way, if you want to follow along with this today, we're going to be looking at a section from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, a short section today. And uh, if you've got the YouVersion Bible app, which we love to follow along with, there's a YouVersion live event right now for this live stream where you can go and you can find those verses and some comments and some thoughts if you want to follow along in that way. Okay, this is what Jesus uh, is recorded as saying by Matthew in chapter 11 of Matthew's account of Jesus' life. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, this starts with an intimate and tender call. Jesus says, Come to me. It's this intimate invitation. And I want you to see what else he says. He says, This offer, this call, is available for everyone because he uses the word all. Come to me, all who are weary. All, everyone, not the religious, the churchy, the super spiritual, everyone. This isn't just limited to a certain group of people. This is for everyone. So if you've stumbled across this today on, on YouTube, if you say, well, I'm not a religious person or a church person, this invitation is to you as well. And actually, Jesus' invitation will change your life will give you a healthier rhythm and a healthier balance to your life if you allow it to do so. If you've been a church person, a religious person, a Christian, a follower of Jesus forever, for ages, for as long as you can remember, well, you're invited too. And Jesus has stuff to say to you as well. So come to me, all, everyone. And then we get to these words, weary and burdened. You know, weary gives the image of people who might be exhausted from their work or their life or their journey. And burdened invokes the image of someone weighed down with heavy loads, doesn't it? Isn't that what the word burdened conjures up in our minds? And that burden, that heavy load, is not necessarily from busyness or hurry, but maybe simply from the weight of trying to get through life. 
You know, it's possible to have nothing to do and feel the weight of the burden of life. Many of us have experienced that over this last year. So if this is you, if you're weary and burdened, or you have been, or you are at some point in the future, then Jesus says, here's an invitation. Come, come to me. See, Jesus is offering something different from weariness and being burdened down. He is offering rest. Jesus is offering rest. That's his offer. And as we shall discover in a moment, not just physical rest, but rest to the very depths of the soul. Rest emotionally, spiritually, as well as physically. Now, Jesus goes on after he says that in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this needs a little bit of explanation. Jesus was a rabbi in the Jewish tradition, and a rabbi was a teacher. And like every rabbi, he had two things. Firstly, he had a yoke, uh, not, not a literal yoke. We might be unfamiliar with what a yoke is, but in Jesus' day, imagine two oxen yoked together with a big piece of wood to, to pull a cart or a plow in a field. They're shouldering this load, and the yoke enables them to shoulder that load. Now, for the Jewish people, a yoke was often thought about as oppressive. They often used the term yoke to describe the times in their history when they'd been subject to a foreign power oppressing them. Their release from one of those powers in their history, the Pharaoh of Egypt in the Great Exodus, was described as the breaking of the yoke of slavery and oppression. So yoke meant this burden, this oppressive feeling. And yoke was also a common metaphor in the first century for a way to interpret, interpret the Jewish scriptures. But it was also a set of teachings on how to be human, how to, to shoulder the weight of life, how to live, how to have relationships, how to do conflict, how to submit to government, prayer, money, sex, everything. It was all about how to do life. And rabbis had a yoke, their set of teachings on how to interpret the scriptures and a set of teachings on how to live and be human. But what made Jesus distinct as a rabbi was that he had an easy and a light yoke. His yoke was easy and light. All the rabbis had a yoke, but no one would ever have described them as easy or light. It was really hard work. Their yoke meant that all their followers had to study, recite the scriptures by heart, understand all those extra laws. It definitely wasn't easy. But Jesus' yoke promised rest from weariness and freedom from oppression. Jesus' yoke promises rest from weariness and freedom from oppression. The second thing that marked Jesus out as a rabbi was that Jesus had apprentices. In the Hebrew word, it's the word Talmudim, which was the, the language of the Jewish culture, Talmudim. And it's usually translated disciples. But actually, apprentices is potentially a more accurate and better translation. Like a, an apprentice in our cultures learns their trade. So a Talmudim to a rabbi learned how to do life by following that rabbi. And again, Jesus was really unique because he chose his apprentices very different to the other rabbis. The other rabbis picked the very best of the very best boys from school, the brightest, the most academically able, and they had them as their Talmudim, their apprentices. But Jesus, Jesus took ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors and the like, those who would never have made it through school. 
To be one of Jesus's Talmudim was to apprentice under Jesus, to model your life on him, and to not just believe what he believed or even just do what he was doing, but to live as he lived. Frederick Dale Brunner is a top scholar on Matthew's account of Jesus's life. He studied it and he's reflected on it. And he says this in his commentary on uh, this account of Jesus's life. He says, Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. I love this. Instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment, tools for the journey. I love that. He goes on to say, Jesus' yoke will develop in us a balance and a way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we have been living. See, Jesus' yoke, Jesus' way to do life is easy and the burden light. So if you're a follower of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus feels to you like a heavy burden, if it's joyless for you, you're not doing it right. And if you're skeptical about following Jesus, if you've been resisting following Jesus in your life because you're worried that it will be joyless or difficult, or you've rejected it because you are anxious that it will be a burden, then you are skeptical, resisting, and rejecting the wrong thing. Are you tired? Not only physically tired, maybe not physically tired at all, but emotionally tired, spiritually tired, relationally tired, or relationally starved. Are you tired of lockdowns? Are you tired mentally? Well, Jesus' yoke, Jesus' way of doing life offers rest for the soul. And we could all do with some soul rest, couldn't we? And Jesus offers you the chance to be his apprentice to see what he did and follow him by applying those things to your life. And there were three critical things that Jesus did that were the secret to his way of doing life, the secret to an easy yoke. Number one was the ancient art of Sabbath. Number two was finding time for silence and solitude. And number three was finding simplicity, which led to slowing down. And for each of the next three talks in this series, we're going to unpack these secrets to an easy yoke. So I really hope you'll connect with us over these next three weeks as we unpack these secrets. For now, perhaps the best way to summarize today is to use... Um, uh, a paraphrased version of the Bible, of, of these verses we've been looking at. It's called the message. And it's kind of a, a contemporary and poetic language being put uh, to the scriptures, this particular translation. And I love how uh, the message paraphrases these things we've been looking at this morning. It's Jesus speaking, and Jesus says this, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And that's what we're going to do over these next few weeks. And this is the solution to hurry sickness, the solution for a healthier life. It's rhythm. And each of those three things, Sabbath, silence and solitude, and simplicity and slowing, are part of that rhythm. You know, do you want a healthy life or do you want one that's marked out by hurry sickness? Do you want a healthy life or do you want one that's marked out by boredom and frustration? 
and lack of motivation? Do you want to find a different rhythm or a new rhythm that feels healthier even in the midst of lockdowns? You know, love, joy, and peace are at the heart of the values and vision of Jesus' kingdom. Love, joy, and peace are at the heart of all that Jesus is trying to grow in the soil of your life. And all three are incompatible with hurry. You can't love in a hurry. You can't cultivate joy in a hurry. You can't find peace in a hurry. And I want to ask this question too. Are you a duty-bound Christian if you say you're a follower of Jesus? Or are you truly an apprentice of his? To really follow Jesus, you can't just try to do what Jesus did. You need to live as Jesus lived. To really follow Jesus, you need to live as Jesus lived. See, we make this mistake of thinking that following Jesus is only about loving our enemies, going the extra mile, turning the other cheek, showing compassion to others. And all the while we do those things, we live the rest of our lives just as, if every, just as everybody else around us does. And it's a strategy that's bound to fail. To really follow Jesus, you can't just try to do what Jesus did. You need to live as Jesus lived. You need to find this rhythm, the unforced rhythm of grace. To be one of Jesus' Talmudim involves organizing your life around three basic goals. Being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he would do if he were you. And I just want to challenge you. It's the simple and easy next step from this week. Just be with Jesus this week. You know, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that following Jesus is about religious obligation and we make the yoke difficult and heavy instead of easy and light. And Jesus is not about religious obligation. He is about an intimate relationship. He says, come to me and learn from me. And as complicated as life sometimes becomes, being an apprentice of Jesus is at its core simply about walking with him in the real world and having him teach us moment by moment how to live his way. So this week, just be with Jesus. Invite him into every part of your life. Imagine him sitting, standing, walking alongside you in every part of your life. And allow him to establish the rhythm of unforced grace in your life. You know, Jesus said in the words of that message translation, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus into our world to show us so many things, to do so many things for us. But we thank you that one of the things he showed us was how to live the unforced rhythm of grace. Lord God, help us this week to invite Jesus into every part of our life, to just do life with him. Help us to just be with Jesus. And help us over these next few weeks as we unpack all of this in more detail, as we look at Sabbath and silence and solitude and simplicity and slowing, to see how Jesus lived and to truly be his apprentice. Lord God, for each and every person watching, listening to this right now, those who feel busier than ever, those who feel the frustration and boredom of lockdown, help us to know Jesus alongside us and help us to learn how to build his rhythms into our lives. 
so that we will find rest for the soul. Amen.